Morning, everybody. How are you? I got one good. Got two goods. And I got a raised hand. Can I help you? Do you need something? I got a good morning. It's awesome to see you today. Won't you stay with us as we uh, sing to our Lord and Savior? Many of you already know this song, so sing it out with us. I want to hear your voice. Love 
Welcome each other today. Glory to God. 
There, say another amen. Okay, okay, good. Please reach in the book rack and right there in front of you and see if you can find one of those little black friendship folders. And if you can find one of those, please put your name on it and give it to someone sitting near you. We appreciate that every week. Boy, that's a beautiful song, isn't it? Yeah, I was just sitting there singing that and I thought, oh, this is really nice. There is such a, a wonderful spirit in our church uh, today. I think a lot of it has to do with our summer prayer emphasis. I know you're praying. When we got back from Ecuador, everybody I ran into here at the church said, boy, we've been praying for you. And of course, we were praying for you there in Ecuador that God would give you a good week up here. And so while you were doing vacation Bible school, uh, we were down there doing vacation Bible school in Ecuador and having a great time. You know, uh, nobody got sick. That's a plus in Ecuador. Everybody was careful about what they were eating. And the, 
Daniel Gonzalez and his family, boy, they, uh, the food they fixed us, of course, was out of this world, and uh, they took good care of us while we were there. We thank you for uh, the tremendous effort that you put uh, into the trip, uh, that uh, you worked so hard to enable us to go on this trip and do the ministry. We'll be telling you, of course, in weeks ahead, uh, all the exciting things. Uh, all over Facebook are the pictures now of some of the people uh, down there and uh, went on our trip and the other people in Ecuador. Uh, let's continue to pray the list. Uh, we've changed it up a little bit. We thank God for the blessing of Bible school. We thank God for the blessing of Ecuador. But we still have a lot of things going. Uh, we're about midway through summer. Just just went just like that. But we have a lot of other things going in the church. We thank you for your prayers and your support every week. Let's stand together, please, as our ushers come, and uh, we'll receive our morning offering together. This is one of our pictures out there. I call it the jungle. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they look at it like that down there. But to us who live in Pittsburgh, I guess it's the jungle, right? It's where our work team worked down there. This is the camp down there. And uh, it's, uh, it was tremendously beautiful. And uh, I was just amazed at all the work that our guys put in uh, that went on the work crew. Uh, you can see the result of it. And uh, they're using the facilities that you guys put together. And, uh, and so it all works together. And uh, God, uh, God gets the glory. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the privilege of um, uh, being able to do missions in the summer. We thank you for helping us keep our focus, Lord. Summer is such a busy time, and we thank you for, for the opportunities you've given us here in, in our local community to have Bible school for our kids, and then uh, all the way down to South America, Lord. We thank you for the privilege of going down there and doing ministry as well. We pray now that as we receive the tithes and the offerings of your people, that you'll bless each gift and each giver. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated.
body the bread His blood the wine Broken and poured out All for love The whole earth trembled And the veil was torn Love so amazing Love so amazing Jesus Messiah Name above all Let's open our Bibles today, please, to the book of Ruth in the Old Testament, book of Ruth. If you start in Genesis and you turn about eight books back, uh, you'll, you'll discover it right at the end of the book of Judges, book of Ruth, chapter 2. I'd like to talk to you today about Ruth beginning to reap. One of the most beautiful stories in all the Bible is the story that's found in the book of Ruth. It's the story of how God reached down into what we would call a God-forsaken place and uh, somehow through his providence uh, saved uh, Ruth, who would go on to have uh, a major connection and impact in, uh, in the things of God. And so we're going to begin reading today in chapter 2, verse 1. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elimelech. Now you remember him from uh, two or three weeks ago. Uh, he is the husband of Naomi, uh, who took his family down to Moab. 
and uh, up and died on the family. Anyway, he has a relative uh, back in Bethlehem. His name is Boaz. So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I find favor. And she said to her, go my daughter. Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. Now for those of you who like to underline things in your Bible, that would be the place to underline right there. She happened Uh, You know, sometimes we would call it a stroke of good luck. It just so happened. To come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Now behold, whole Boaz came from Bethlehem. I'd like to to ask you as we read through this this morning to follow the the line of Boaz. uh, Where he's from, what he's doing, what he's about. And I think you'll find out very quickly what he represents in this story. Boaz was from Bethlehem. Now that's a dead giveaway, isn't it? Bethlehem, and said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered him, the Lord bless you. How'd you like to go to work this week and your boss say, as you walk through the door, the Lord be with you? He'd probably have to go to court, wouldn't he? Uh, And you would return and say, the Lord bless you too. Well, this was a good working relationship right here. Then Boaz said to his servants who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? So the servant who, who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, it is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little while in the house. This is a very hot climate. They had little huts that people could take a break while they were working and they could go over and like get cooled off for a while before they went back into the sun. Then Boaz said to Ruth, you will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not glean in another's field nor go from here, but stay close to to my young women. Now here Boaz calls Ruth uh, his daughter. Evidently there was a pretty big disparity between the age here. Boaz was older, Ruth was younger. But already, uh, for those of you who know the story, uh, an attraction is, um, is coming to pass right here. He said, listen, don't you go anywhere else to find food. You just stay here in my field. Verse 9, let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Have I not commended the young men not to touch you? He said, I've warned these male workers to stay away from you. And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. And she fell on her face and bowed down to the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work 
and a full reward be given to you by the Lord. You know, God always blesses those who bless other people, and that's what's happening here to Ruth. He says, listen, uh, a full reward be given to you by the Lord under whose wings you have come for refuge. You're now trusting in God Almighty. Then she said, let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to my maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. Now Boaz said to her at mealtime, Come here, and eat of the bread, and dip your piece of bread into the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers, and he passed parched corn to her, and she ate, and she was satisfied, and kept back some. So here we find that uh, Ruth went out to work, and she discovered that she was working in a very rich man's field, and he took a liking to her, and he said, listen, you come on over here and eat with us, and as she was eating, the Bible says she was satisfied, and uh, she not only ate her portion, but she kept another portion, and you know who that was for. That was for Naomi, her mother-in-law. Well, Ruth here in this story now begins to reap. Galatians 6, 7, you're well aware of that passage of Scripture. Let's read it together this morning. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Uh, when you sow something, you get something. And whatever you sow, that's what you get. And so Ruth here is sowing good seeds. Remember, she put her arm around her mother-in-law, Naomi, and uh, walked back the long distance from Moab to Bethlehem and now has assumed the position of taking care of her. And so the Lord now is going to pour out his blessings. This story that we're reading this morning is set in the time frame of the period of the judges, a most unoutstanding time for the nation of Israel. Remember that statement that we talked to you a couple of weeks ago? It's actually the last statement in the book of Judges. It goes like this. Everyone did that which was right in his own eyes. What happens in any society when people do that? If you were to go out in that particular society, the period of the Judges, and ask someone on the street, what are you doing? You know what they would say to you? I'm doing my own thing. I'm doing whatever makes me feel good. Well... Usually when people do that, they're doing the wrong thing. They're living a life based on their feelings, not facts. And you know, when we go in the direction of our feelings, usually it's always taking us in the wrong direction. Proverbs 14.12 says this, There is a way that seems right to man, but the end of it is the way of death. Remember in chapter 1, there was a famine that gripped the land and the man of the house, Elimelech, made a decision to take his family to Moab. I believe it was a premature decision. He wanted to better their life, but their life became more bitter. Became more bitter. And when Ruth and Naomi came back, it's interesting that the people of Bethlehem, they had not perished from hunger. They stuck it out, but uh, he didn't. He prematurely made a decision to take his family to Moab. And so the family reaped the harvest of a bad decision. You know, it's amazing what one bad decision can do for your life. 
Sometimes people make many of them, but oftentimes it only takes one bad decision to ruin one good life. And so we have a good family, and Elimelech made a bad decision to take his family out of the land of promise down to Moab. And when he went down there, remember, bad things happened to his family. He died. And then his boys, uh, uh, they married uh, women of the land, and they died. And so here is uh, Naomi down there, and she's lost her husband. She's lost, she's lost her kids. And she decides to turn her eyes toward home. You know, when you have trouble, you want to go home. You know that? Every now and then we'll hear of somebody in the church that went off. They, they got married. They moved away to a faraway place and something happened. Their marriage exploded or something happened. And uh, they lifted up the phone and they said, Mom, can I come home? I need to come home. There is this instinct in us that uh, when trouble breaks out, we want to go home. And so that's what happened to Naomi. She said, listen, I'm going back. Uh, my husband made this decision for me to come to this land, but I'm making the decision to leave this place. I'm going back home. And so her two daughters-in-laws decided to go with her, and you know the story. One of them made it only a short distance. One was Orpah, and she said, I'm, I'm not going with you. But Ruth said, I'm going with you. And remember, Ruth made this tremendous statement. I want you to look at it with me. This morning in chapter 1, verse 16, she said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die and there will I be buried. Oftentimes in a wedding ceremony, you'll hear those words. Uh, they are immortal words. They are good words. And so Ruth makes this tremendous decision to leave her country, the country of her nativity, and go back to Bethlehem with Naomi. She actually renounced her former faith, which was a false religion, and decided that she would serve God. When she got back there, it was barley season. Uh, the people of Bethlehem had not perished because of famine. They stuck it out. And so now, because of this good decision, Ruth begins to reap the harvest of a good decision. Uh, you and I reap what we sow, don't we? If we sow, we sow something bad, what do we get? Something bad. If we sow something good, what do we get? Something good, right? So Ruth here is, is becoming an outstanding person. And so she goes on a mission. Her mission is to connect with the God of Israel and to take care of her mother-in-law. Now, this is not a typical mother-in-law story right here. Because sometimes people make fun of mother-in-laws, don't they? Not this one. She loved her mother-in-law deeply. And so she went on a mission, and her mission, first of all, is she said, we need some money, and so I'm going to go to work. I've said to you before that 90% of success is showing up, isn't it? You can't be successful unless you show up. Uh, showing up on time or before time with a good attitude, 
thanking God for a job, an ability to make a living. She did all of that. Uh, Work in the Bible is a blessing. It was created by God to meet our needs. Um, People have all sorts of emotional problems. They can't find a job usually. Staying home, hanging out, drives them crazy. Uh, God says, listen, I made it. I I figured this thing out. You go to work. Uh, You earn a living for your family. Now, I know that there are times in our life that we have a hard time finding work. I remember through the years, we've had people in our church, they lost a good job. It took them a long, many, many months to find a job and nearly drove them crazy. Um, But anyway, she went to work and uh, she made a decision to embrace Naomi's God and she had a desire to take care of Naomi. And so she was doing two important things here. She, first of all, was seeking God. You can never go wrong when you seek the Lord. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. When is that? That's now. A lot of people say, I think, well, one of these days I'm going to really seek after God. Well, you know, one of these days may never come. Uh, When I get older, I'm going to really get serious about God. You may never get old. Uh, You may never have that opportunity. The Bible says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. That's today. This is the only time. And so that's what she was doing. She was seeking God. That's, uh, that's vertical. And she was seeking the welfare of Naomi. That's horizontal. So she was fulfilling the great commandment. Love God and love your neighbor. Love the people around you. So whenever you have those two things going for you, you're going in the right direction. So Ruth was going in the right direction. You know, the Old Testament and the New Testament both agree. Psalm 23.1. Let's look at it. We have that. Let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Uh, I have everything that I need. Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Uh, God was providing her need. She was seeking God, and God was meeting her need. In verse number 3, we're in chapter 2. Let's look at it. And she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. Now, this is interesting. Uh, It just happened. Really? The invisible hand of God led her to the field of Boaz. You know, when you're seeking God, he leads you. He really does. He leads you always in the direction he wants you to go in. And so her gleaning started. I think in our society, when you mention the word gleaning, they said, do you mean cleaning? No, gleaning. That's something different. Leviticus 19.9 says this. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap, completely reap the corner of your field nor shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest. This was God's law. There were a lot of poor people, and so the Lord made a provision for them. The rich people who owned the land, God says, listen, you can work the land, you can make money off the land, but when you come to the corners of the land, don't reap. Leave it there in the corner. 
And so they would come and they would be gathering all this grain and the corners would be left for the poor people. That's how the poor people, that's how they were going to eat. God set up a system to take care of everybody financially. He made, and, and this system was a good system because it did two things. It made the farmers more generous and less selfish. You know, human nature is a pretty selfish thing, isn't it? We want to get all we can and can all we can get, right? Uh, we want to get more and get more and get more. That's our that's our human nature. That's our instinct. So the Lord says to the farmer, I know you're a rich guy. You own this land and you have workers working for it. Don't take it all for yourself. Leave something for someone who can't earn a living like you do. And so it was good for them because it's always good for us not to take everything for ourselves because it just feeds our selfishness. And so for the poor, what it did for the poor, listen to this, it made them industrious. They just didn't sit at home twiddling their fingers waiting for the next handout. They had to go and work for a living. They wouldn't be sitting complaining that somebody owed them a living. Everybody had to get out and work. Now, I know that in every society, some people can't do that. Physical limitations, things of that nature, other kind of limitations, uh, that's when other people have to step in and meet their need. But for the most part, this was God's plan. And so here goes Ruth. She goes out to work to provide for Naomi, her mother-in-law, and it just so happened. We call a happenstance, a coincidence, some people call it, a stroke of good luck, other people call it. We know better God was leading her. Psalm 37, 23 says this, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. The steps of a good woman are ordered by the Lord. So Ruth goes out to work that day, and God guides her. Some people would call it accidentally. Into the field of Boaz. Now, Boaz is a rich person. Uh, she went the right place. Uh, he was a rich man. Actually, his name means in him is strength. Now, I know already you're putting together the pieces. Who does Boaz represent in the story? He came from Bethlehem. Now, isn't that a giveaway? <laughs> I mean, that makes it easy, doesn't it? Boaz represents Christ in the story. He's from Bethlehem, and he's rich. Uh, John MacArthur, in his study Bible, said that uh, he could very well have been the brother of Elimelech. Remember Elimelech who went off and died? He maybe never married or maybe was a widower. And so here comes Ruth back from Moab with Naomi and, and just so happens to run into this rich man. He takes a liking to her. And he asked his hired hands, who is this girl? And they said, she's a hard worker. She's been here working uh, this morning. And uh, she's making progress. We know one thing, she's a good worker. I remember uh, a number of years ago, I heard an interview on television. I saw, I saw somebody interviewing an entrepreneur. 
usually entrepreneurs are the guys that create the jobs that we go to work and, and earn a living from. And uh, the entrepreneur had built a company and had employed some employees, and, and uh, he had become, I guess, quite famous. And in the interview, uh, he was saying that people uh, speak to me all the time and say, boy, you're really lucky. I don't have the luck that you have. And he always came back and he had this response to their question about being lucky. He said, if you work real hard, it's amazing how lucky you can get. And that's true. That's really true. Uh, Most people that uh, amass something work real hard to do it. And other people just think about working real hard and they don't do it. Anyway, she was a good worker, and she met Boaz, and Boaz was a type of Christ. And he gives her encouragement, and he says to her, first of all, I want you to glean in my field. Glean in my field. That means don't go out somewhere else to earn a living. I'll support you. And that's a good message for Christians today. Uh, The Lord will support us. He will take care of us. You know why? Because we are his people, that's why. We are his children. He is our father. We put our feet under his table. He said, listen, relax, I'll take care of you. Stay in my field. I have plenty to feed you right here in my field. And he provided other things. He provided companionship. He said to Ruth, you stick with the women. You'll have uh, companionship. And so we can translate this down to the church. Uh, Where do we get our companionship? A lot of our companionship comes right here from the church. You know, we do things together. Uh, We have fun together. Uh, We cry together. We go to funerals together. We go to weddings together. Uh, We have lots of companionship. And that's needed in our life. It really is. And then he says, listen, if you stick with me, I'll protect you. With the Lord, we have protection because, you know, he said, I've warned these young men to stay away from you. I'll protect you. And so he's meeting a lot of her needs. And he uses this image. Look down with me to verse 12. The Lord repay your work with a full reward be given to you by the Lord, God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to for refuge. Under his wings. Years ago, we used to have a song we sang in the church, Under His Wings We Are Safely Abiding. Uh, Under His Wings. That's a statement that the Lord makes uh, oftentimes um, about how He takes care of us. How would you like to meet up with this mother right there? Uh, She's just waiting for somebody to pick on her kids, you know? Uh, She's protecting. Uh, Exodus chapter 19, verse 4 says, You have... Uh, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Psalm 17, 8 says, Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. Here we find that Ruth has come to God and God has covered her. And God is going to protect her. Uh, God warns him, don't touch her. Don't touch this girl in my field. He's protecting her. And so uh, uh, Ruth begins to reap the reward. Uh, Boaz goes beyond the requirements of the law. Look Look with me to verse 14. 
And Boaz said to her at mealtime, Come here and eat the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers. Now, I think this is kind of unique right here. I just have a feeling that they separated the gleaners from the reapers. He said, You come on in here. You sit with everybody else. With the reapers, and he passed parched corn to her, and she ate and was what? Satisfied and kept some back. I guess she had a little pouch, and she would eat something, and then she'd say, okay, here's something for Naomi at home. Uh, okay, pass this portion, and ate, she ate something and something back. She was thinking when she was working about her mother-in-law, Naomi, at home. And so she was eating with the reapers, and uh, the Lord was taking care of her. Look at verse 15. And when she rose to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, say, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. Give her special privileges. Make it easy for her to glean, to get the food that she needs. And then verse 16, and let grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. Leave it that she may glean and do not rebuke her. It says, let her glean right behind you, and then every now and then throw out something. Handfuls, the King James says, handfuls on purpose. So here's the reaper, and he's going out, or, and uh, they're reaping, and here she is. She's right behind them. And every now and then they reach down, and they go like that. Handfuls on purpose. And so she has experienced a bonanza really. God is really taking care of her. He says to her, don't glean in another person's field. That's good advice for you and me today. Where do we go uh, to meet our needs? Certainly it's not our company, because our company may not be there next year. It's the Lord. He is the ultimate source. Amen. He's the ultimate source. He's the person we work for. Uh, companies are notorious for coming by and dropping pink slips and saying, boy, it's been nice to have you. See you later. We've seen plenty of them come and go here in the church. People work real hard in a company. Company sold to another company, and that just changes everything. Uh, he says, listen, don't glean in another field. She was overwhelmed with his generosity uh, as she went to this field, remember this all happened just to a casual person's eye accidentally. But we know better than that. God did this all on purpose because she was seeking him and she was seeking the welfare of Naomi. It's a wonderful thing. Seek God. Seek the welfare of other people. Ephesians 3.20 says this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. You know, we pray to the Lord and we say, Lord, would you give me this or would you provide this for me? And every now and then what God does is he does this. And we get buried. That's what happened to Ruth. Ruth went out to eke, eke out a living. Whatever that word eek means. Eek it out. You know, just barely get a living. And now God is like 
burying her in blessings. Well, she goes home, and she's amazed. Look at verse 19. And her mother-in-law said to her, where have you gleaned today, and where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law, with whom she had worked and said, the man's name with whom I work today was Boaz. Now Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. And Naomi said to her, This man is a relative of ours, one of our close relatives. She just accidentally ran into a close relative. And there was a law back during that time that... uh, Uh, that the close relatives were to take care of those in the family that couldn't care for themselves. And so God was working this all out. Uh, This is a good thing. Verse 21 talks about a permanent job. He has also said to me, you shall stay close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. Don't work in another person's field. She comes home. She says, I not only have a job, I have a permanent job. Uh, And uh, I have friends out there, and Boaz is protecting me, and I'm gleaning in his field. Out of obscurity of Moab comes Ruth, and God lays his hand of blessing upon her. She finds someone who is kind, who is compassionate, and is willing to take care of her. She finds the Lord. She seeks God. Whenever you seek the Lord, he will take care of you. That's his promise in the Bible. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Not your dream list, but your need list. Not your dream list, but your need list. God will care for you. Here is a perfect picture of that. And he will not only, listen to this, he will not only take care of you, but he will take care of some people that you want to take care of too. He will enable you to care for people who can't care for themselves. That's a wonderful thing. And what he does is he makes you a channel of his blessing. In order for me to bless someone else, he sends the blessing through me. And so that's, what's doing, that's what God is doing in your life and in my life as we seek him. It's just not for us. It's not all, it doesn't all belong to us. Some of it does, but a lot of it belongs to other people, the people in our circle of influence. So we see here in this story that Ruth made a great decision to seek God and to take care of Naomi. And God is blessing her like this. And Ruth is saying, wow, this is incredible. That's what God, I believe, wants to do for you and me in our world today. Let's bow our heads in prayer. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning, um, where do you fit in the story? Are you seeking God uh, with your heart like Ruth did? I hope so. Because it always pays. It always pays. Uh, It always pays to embrace him. Because out of that relationship, 
Everything positive is a result of it. He will give you the strength to take care of other people. He will give you the money to give to other people that have a need. But we must seek him. We must decide to walk in his ways. That's what Ruth did. She, she, she said, I'll embrace your God. I'll go with you. And God began to bless her. And so I think he wants to do the same thing for you and me today. Because there's sure a lot of people out there that need to be blessed. And God can make you a means, uh, an avenue of blessing if you seek him first in your life. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your love and this tremendous story of how you're pouring out your blessings on Ruth because she's trying to do the right thing with her life. She's trying to start her life over again. But this time, she's trying to start with you as the center of it. And you're blessing her abundantly. I pray that uh, we can take this story and apply it to our life today and begin to seek you like she did and to see the needs of other people as she did as well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand together as we sing our invitation song this morning. And as we sing together, if you'd like to come and pray about anything that's going on in your life or the life of a friend, just feel free to do that as we sing.
Each day of the week, uh, at least Monday through Friday, 9 o'clock to 5 o'clock. And so if you're driving by or you're coming up,